You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Let's go to the book of Luke, if you would, tonight. Luke chapter 9 in your Bibles. Luke chapter 9. I'll give a little bit more information about me kind of in this message, I think, um, and, and kind of where I'm from and, and how God has worked a little bit, but in Luke chapter 9, and we'll begin reading in verse 23, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Glad to be in God's house tonight. Say amen. amen. If you would stand with me for the reading of God's word, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, the Bible says, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words... Of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you of a truth, that there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. Would you read verse 23 with me? Uh, I'm going to say the first part, and he said to them all, and then if you'll join me on the word if. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Simply tonight, the message is entitled, Following Christ. Following Christ. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, Lord, I do ask that you be with us this evening. Thank you for this wonderful church, for this wonderful pastor and his family, and this wonderful church family. Lord, I pray that tonight you'd be pleased and glorified. It's been a blessing to be here already this evening, to hear uh, your name being lifted and exalted in song to be able to unite together in that. Lord, to be in your house this morning and to hear the preaching of your word. Thank you for all who are in attendance tonight. Lord, thank you for the regular attenders. Thank you for the members. Lord, thank you for the the visitors that we've seen today. And God, I just pray that you be glorified and honored. We need you tonight. Lord, we ask that you would work in a mighty way. We acknowledge our dependence upon you. God, I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Thank you so much. You can be seated. I don't normally do this. I'm going to try it. We'll see how it goes um, here tonight. I'm going to ask Jojo, Josiah, come here, bud. I don't know if he'll do this or not. Joe fell today, and uh, he, he kind of bonked his head. And Josiah's three years old. He's, uh, he's very intelligent. I, I think he is anyways. That's not saying much because I think a lot of people are intelligent compared to me. But anyways, um, he is for a three-year-old. He's very intelligent, and he's a lot of fun. He loves to have fun. Um, it's been kind of a hard week for him this week, long drive, uh, and then long, you know, days in hotel. Uh, I'm here because my niece graduated um, from Augustana University. I communicated that with uh, 
Brother Jet, and, and I wanted to see him and his family, I wanted to be here and see the church, and he'd asked me to preach, and so praise the Lord how all that worked together. Um, but it's been kind of uh, difficult for him. But one thing he's, he's been able to do, one thing he's been able to enjoy uh, since we've been here is just the swimming pool at the hotel. And he has loved that. He loves to go swimming. Say hi, everybody. Say hi, Joe. Can you say hi? There you go. All right. So um, have you, do you remember... When you were a kid, maybe if you have those memories of being able to follow in your dad's footsteps, trying to literally step where he stepped, or somebody, maybe not your dad, but, but somebody, and, 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 and as dad is stepping, you tried to step in those footsteps. Yes. When we just recently had that snowmageddon, okay, well, that's normal for you guys. You always have snow up here. When the rest of the world actually got some snow, um, and uh, we were dealing with that down there in Kansas, way down south. Um, we, uh, <laughs> we, we live in the parsonage on, on campus. And so we were walking from the parsonage to the church building and from the house there. And I mean, the snow was out there and, and Joe loves snow and the kids were out there uh, playing and I was walking to my office. He wanted to go with me and I'm walking along and, and Joe, Joe was, I turn around and there he is. He's, he's literally jumping in my steps. I mean, you hear illustrations of that. You talk about that. It was actually happening. I was like, that is so cool. You know, he's, he's, he's walking in my steps. And then literally immediately, I'm talking immediately, how overwhelming that was because I said it out loud and then caught myself. He's stepping in his dad's footsteps. Now, whoa. <laughs> whoa. But he was trying to follow me. And I'm, I'm kind of an impatient guy. Uh, you know, I, I admit that right now. I'm kind of impatient um, at, at times. And so when he wants to go with me, you know, back and forth in, in that snow at that time, and, and I'm in a hurry, sometimes I'd be like, hey, Joe, let's go, buddy. Come on. And, and, and he'd be walking, then he, he'd get sidetracked, you know. You ever seen the movie Up where, um, you know, squirrel, you know, over there? That's Josiah. That's Josiah. I mean, you know, you know the snow or the snowflakes coming down. He's trying to catch them in his mouth and, and I'm like, let's go, kid. Come on, let's go. You know, but trying to step in dad's, in dad's footsteps. He was, he, was, he was trying to follow me. Have you ever found that when you're trying to follow Christ, you have the desire to, but sometimes it's hard. Yes, sir. Right? Yeah, you're right. It's hard. It, 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 there's, there's a difficulty. Sometimes there's distractions. Sometimes the steps just seem to be so big, you know, out of reach maybe. But he said, follow me. He said, he said, follow me, which means that we can follow him. He wouldn't say it if we couldn't do it. And so he said, follow me. And, and I, what I noticed about this kid right here is that every, I mean, he, he's determined. He was determined. I'm going to follow in my dad, he wasn't just following his dad. That's one thing. I mean, if there's no snow out there, he's just following behind me. He doesn't see footprints to step in or tracks to step in. But as I'm walking to my office uh, from the parsonage there, that the house that we live in, as I'm walking to my office and I turn around, he wasn't just following me. He was literally trying to step exactly where I stepped. Now, that's a great illustration for dads and, and sons, and that's not the point of the message tonight. But I'm talking about this. When we're following Christ, there's some things that are specific in our steps that we've got to do in order to be able to follow Christ the way that he would have us to follow him. It's one thing to casually say, I'm going to follow Christ. It's another thing to be specific about where I'm stepping in order to truly be a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's, go ahead, Joe, go, go back to mommy if you can, all right? See you, buddy. 
And that Christ was specific. It wasn't general. It was specific. Here are some things that he addressed, especially later on in the chapter, that he addressed about being a follower of Jesus Christ. Think about that for a second. He said, follow me. Think about who we're following. God and God alone. Amen? The, the man, powerful messages. The most high God. If you didn't get a chance to hear the message this morning, I'd like to encourage you to, to listen to them, watch them online, uh, listen to those messages, the, the Sunday school hour and the, uh, the, the worship service, powerful messages, the most high yes. God, no one bigger, you know, Joe's still at the age right now where he thinks I'm, I'm the most powerful man on the face of the earth and I'm dad and, and I can do anything and I can accomplish anything. Levi's past that point. He got past that point a long time ago. My, my girls definitely know better. But Joe still thinks that. But you serve a God. He's the most high God. No one bigger, no one stronger. And then he's, in, he's always in control of all of your circumstances. And, and so that gives me some confidence when he says, follow me. Follow me. That gives me some hope when he says, follow me. That gives me some assurity when he says, follow me. He preached on God being the most high God. And then Sarah learned God can do anything. God can do anything. Is anything impossible for God? Is there anything too hard for God? Sarah would learn, no, there's not. There's not. And so when God says, follow me, we can follow him. I remember hearing those words when I was nine years old. Follow me. This was not long. If I'm ever here another time, maybe I'll give a little bit uh, more of a, a testimony about uh, some things that the Lord allowed to happen in my life. It wasn't long after my dad had died. And because of the death of my dad, I'm thinking about eternity, which I think is a, is a I always encourage people to think about eternity. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I pray that God would use circumstances like that to cause people to to consider eternity. And so I was, I was, and I was thinking about souls headed for a devil's hell. And I remember uh, thinking, I don't want people to go to hell. I want to make sure, I knew my dad was in heaven. I want to make sure that people uh, could go to heaven. And that's as simply, that's as simple as I could articulate it as a nine-year-old boy. I don't want people to go to hell. I want them to go to heaven. I remember hearing those words, thinking those words, maybe it was something my mom said. Maybe it was something that I heard in church, I don't know, I really don't remember, but follow me. I remember that, follow me. And, and, and over the course of some time, uh, I, I allowed, you know, being a, a kid, getting into teenage years and just trying to be a normal teenager and, and uh, as in the world's perspective of it and, and, and that, that burden and that desire kind of faded, you know, in my life. And it wasn't until my senior year that the Lord started working my heart again, follow me follow me. And, I, and, I, and I, I wanted to follow God, but uh, I began to follow, but at a distance because my heart was no longer as tender as it once was. And I followed him to Bible college, but it was with reservations. I tried to justify my disobedience, you know, because I was where God wanted me to be, but I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. He was calling me to preach, but I, we talked about this this afternoon, where I was taking Christian education classes, trying to just make it, you know, seem like I was following Christ and doing what he wanted me to do and make myself feel better. But that nagging was still there, uh, that God was laid on my heart, follow me. Every, listen, every chapel message at Bible college, every, every dorm devotion, English 101 was convicting to me 
because I knew what God was calling me to preach and I wasn't willing to surrender to it, I would purposely schedule, I would purposely schedule myself to work security at night during dorm devos because I didn't want to hear some wannabe preacher boy get up there and preach something and it was convicting to me. It was. It was convicting me because I knew God was saying, follow me. And I didn't want to. I don't want to. I want to do my own thing. I did this for a few years and it wasn't until Oklahoma City, Heartland Baptist Bible College, there was an open air tent. It was hot. It was hot. It was humid. It was miserable as far as the temperature was concerned, but the preaching was just as hot. And, yeah. and uh, I remember a group got up there and sang a song, Just One More Soul. And, and a man who has a voice like this, Rocky Harrell. Bless God, you better get right or get left. You know, something like that. I don't know what he said. But all I know is this, that he preached God's word. And he was pointing his finger out there, pointing it right at me. And that was when I caved. That's, that's when I surrendered. And that's when I said, okay, God, I'll follow you. I'll follow you. And I remember being pumped and excited about that. And I, I walked in the dorm and a, a big 350-pound guy named Jared Burkholder tackled me. Somehow the word got around to some of the guys and he tackled me onto the floor and he was excited about me surrendering to preach. And then Amen. some other guys jumped on my uh, back and, and, and just, you know, kind of initiated me into the ministry in that way. And, and, uh, and I'm like, look, if this is what the ministry is all about, I don't want it. But um, I was determined from that point to follow Christ. I said no more girls and then Sandy showed up. I tried to ignore her and follow Christ, but she kept getting in the way. I told God to get rid of her so I could follow him, but she kept interrupting. I got mad at her a few times. I treated her badly. I put her on an emotional roller coaster. You know, uh, I tried to forget about her. One day I went to God and I said, I'm, I'm trying to follow you, but this girl keeps getting in the way. And God asked, is she getting in the way or is she going the same way? Amen. By the way, this is not the message tonight, young people, teenagers. But when you're focused on following Christ and you're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, yeah. and you're focused on him, then he places in your path who, when he wants to place in your path. Yes, right. Now, I can look to the side and find something else. I can be distracted. I, I, but, but when I don't lay aside the weights and I, and I don't lay aside the sin, I, I'm, I'm, I'm following my own path, but when I lay aside the weight, I lay aside the sin, I'm looking unto Jesus, I'm focused on him, I'm following him. He places in my path who he wants in my path, and that's what was going on. And, and, and so God said, is she getting in the way or is she going the same way? Follow me and see what happens. And so I was following Christ, and I noticed that she wasn't really trying to get in the way, and she wasn't really trying to follow me, she was just following Christ too. So we were kind of going in the same direction, and I kind of liked it. And so I followed Christ and I asked her to marry me and she followed Christ and she said yes. And I said, praise God, because <laughs> I was nervous about that. Amen. Yeah, I did. Follow me. We followed Christ there for a year in Oklahoma, then to Indiana for almost 10 years. And then we followed Christ to Arkansas for seven. And now we've been in Leavenworth, Kansas for a year and a half. Praise the Lord. Amen. Pastor Ted used to always say the most miserable person in the world is not the unsaved. The most miserable person in the world is the Christian who's not right with God. That's good. The Christian who's not following Christ. 
My favorite kind of preaching is expository preaching, and that is not what we're doing tonight. <laughs> I was taught expository preaching. You, know, what, you say, what do you mean by that? Well, your, your pastor does it. Find the central idea. Find the main idea. What is it saying? What does it mean? What does it have to do with me? And, and, and we're, we're going to do that. I mean, we are, we are going to do that, but, but uh, it's going to be more topical out of this passage. I want to talk to you about three guys uh, in just a little bit of time that I have left here uh, this evening. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus gave an invitation to everyone, to them all. He said, if any man, look at the verse there, if any man, meaning anyone, everyone who can hear my voice, his invitation was, follow me. What an invitation. To follow God Almighty, the Most High, yes. the Most Holy, Jehovah God. Yes. Yeah. What an invitation to follow Him. Yeah. At least three people heard this invitation. And we're going to look at them at the end of the, end of the text. A, a lot happened from the beginning of this passage to the end of this passage. Here we have uh, Christ giving this uh, really a, a, a challenge here. And the point of these, uh, I think these first five verses of verse 23 through 27, I think the main idea of this is he's saying, follow me. From that point, he goes to the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, the, the, the three inner circle, you might say. And, and, and what an awesome, what an awesome uh, experience that they were able to have there. This is what Peter would refer back to in the book of Peter when he would say, we were eyewitnesses of him. There's nothing you can tell me that will convince me. I didn't see what I saw. And, and, and this is where uh, Jesus would meet with Moses and, and Elias. And, and Peter opened his big mouth again. And he would say, hey, what, wow, this is awesome. Let's set up three tabernacles here for you and for Moses and for um, Elias. And, 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 uh, and God interrupted, a divine interruption from God and basically said, Peter, shut your mouth. Stop talking right now. <laughs> You study, you find that out, and, and, and God um, explains what he wants from them. And from that point, they come down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and, and there's a boy who's possessed, and Jesus uh, is able to work a miracle there uh, with that boy and, 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 and do some amazing things. And, and, and several things happen from that point. I mean, one part of the passage says eight days later, then another one says a day later, and then verse 51 says, and it came to pass uh, verse 46 says, then there arose a reasoning. So a lot of things are going on. There's an argument about who's going to be the greatest. And, and Jesus teaches them about the least being the greatest. And then the Samaritans reject Jesus in verses 51 through 56. And then he talks about uh, following Christ again in verse 57. It says, and it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. A lot has happened. A lot has happened since verse 23. A lot has transpired. Now, some commentators would say, I think this is just kind of an interruption. And verse 23 through 27 are directly connected to verse uh, 57. Uh, some would say, no, it is chronological from verse 23 through verse 57. I, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. I know this. I, I know that um, it's very possible that these three individuals in verses 57 through 62 heard Christ when he challenged everyone to follow him in verse 23. It's entirely possible. I'm leaning towards, yes, they heard him. Because this man approaches Jesus in verse 57, and as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. 
And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. I want to call this guy the not there guy. The not there guy. Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Man, that sounds good at first. That sounds good. Maybe he heard Jesus talking. He heard this invitation in verse 23. Just like I've heard that before and you've heard the prodding of the Holy Spirit before in your life. and Follow me. And his response, yes. Yes, I will follow you wherever you go. Very impressive. He knows just the right words to say. He, he seems to understand what Christ is looking for. No restrictions, no reservations. He states his commitment to Christ. He says, wherever you go, I will go. And Jesus said unto him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the son of man hath not to where, where to lay his head. I get the feeling this was a deal breaker for him. Once Jesus made it clear that it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be comfortable. Following me doesn't mean it's going to be a bed of roses. You might have to go through some scary situations. You might have to go through 2020. You might have to go through some uncomfortable places. I, I find it interesting that our theme for 2020 our church was following Christ and who knew that following Christ meant following him through, well, shutting the church down pretty much and going, going online only for a, few, for a couple months. But you might have to go through some things more personal in your life, some difficulties, some challenges, some trials, some hardships in your life. This man says, I will follow you where the sword of thou goest. And Jesus said, we're not going from town to town to be spoiled and honored. Yes. This man says, I will follow you where the sword of you goest. And Jesus points to a place and says, what about there? Mm. And we hear nothing more of him. Right. That's right. Had he completely surrendered, I think we'd know his name. I think we'd hear of him amongst maybe some of the other disciples. Yeah. But this is the end. You see, it's easy to make a general statement. It's easy for you to make a general statement of I will follow Christ uh -huh. until Christ gets specific of where you're not following Christ. You've got to move from the general to the specific. As a Christian, get, suspe get specific. What's the one area where you're not following Christ? What's the one area where you are struggling to follow Christ. What about the home? It's easy to follow Christ here. It's easy to follow Christ in church. What about at home? What about when you get home tonight and the TV turns on? What about when you're in a conversation with your spouse, with your wife, with your husband, with your kids, with your parents? What about then when, when, when they, the, the same difficulty comes up again that has come up before, the same vice, the same opportunity to, to sin or to lash back or, or, or or when a, when a challenge arises, you're willing to follow Christ at church, but when you get home, do you forget that Christ is still there? When someone says a cross word, do you follow Christ's heart of Father, forgive them for the none? What about at school? What about at school? Teenager? Young person? It's easy to follow Christ at a youth activity, at a youth rally. 
It's easy to follow Christ when, when you're around other Christians who, they're not perfect, but word of God, and, and praise the Lord for it, speaks to your heart at camp, at, at a conference. That's awesome. Camp's coming up soon. Uh, and, and, and praise the Lord for that. But what about, what about when you get to school? Christ said, um, Christ said to pick up your cross and follow me, but when you get to the doors of the school, do you leave the cross at the door? Do you, do you forget what it is that you're supposed to be doing while you're at school? Following Christ. Or do you say, I will follow you wherever it's easy to follow you? And we can apply this in so many areas. How about at work? How about at work? How many people will be standing before the great white throne because we were more concerned about the buck, we were more concerned about the business, we were more concerned about the promotion than we were about lost souls? Now, I know, listen, you're at work, you've got to work, you've got to do your job. There's, there's probably times where it's probably not appropriate to start preaching at people. <laughs> you know, you need to do your job. But if you want to follow Christ, you're at least praying for those opportunities to be an influence, a testimony, an example, a witness to people at work. I mean, where are you not willing to follow Christ? What about, maybe, maybe it's something a little more specific, like in my case, what about the mission field? What about the ministry? What about Bible college? What about the uttermost part of the world? What's the place you won't follow Christ to? Look at verse 59. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. We had the, we had the not there guy. Now we have the not now guy. Not now. How many times have you heard somebody say, when I get my family in order, when I, when I get my job situation fixed, man, when this, when this kind of flies over and, and this tragedy or this trial, this hardship settles down. Then, then we'll be more faithful. Then we'll be involved. Then I'll go to church. Then, then I'll be used of the Lord. But not now. This guy said, let me go first. Let me first go and bury my father. And when I look at this and I look at Christ's response to this man there in, in, in verse 59, he, Jesus Jesus says, let the dead, or verse 60, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. I'm thinking, man, that's a rough response. Let the guy bury his dead dad. I mean, come on. But then I thought, if his dad is dead, what's he doing there? I mean, if his dad is dead and he needs to go bury his dad, well, why is he here in the first place? This man wasn't saying my dad is dead. He was saying, let me wait. He might have been saying, let me wait until they're not in the picture. When my parents die, I'll follow you. Really what he was saying was not now. Right? He was saying not now. Jesus gave him an invitation. The first man spoke up on his own. But this guy was, pers listen, this guy was personally invited by Jesus Christ. And just like Peter and Andrew, he, he heard the same two words, follow me, and his response was not now. And that's really what he's saying. I will, but, but, but not now. I agree, but not now. Listen, I, I, I think it's important, but not now. I, I, I think people should be involved in church, but not now. I think, I think that, that we should go soul winning, but, but not me, not now. I can't right now. I mean, I, I think probably in a lot of independent fundamental Baptist churches, there's a lot of people who are attending churches, and, and, and they, would choose, they would say, 
If this church was not a soul-winning church, I would not be a part of this church. And I think that's a right. I think that's absolute right. I think we should be soul winners, amen? I think we should be inviting people to church. But however, I think the pews are filled with people who would say that same thing, yet they themselves are not involved. You wouldn't support a pastor who doesn't believe in soul winning, but you wouldn't go soul winning. And this guy is saying, I agree, Jesus, and the fact that I need to serve you, I need to follow you, but I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to wait. Might have been where I was at in Bible college for some time. I think I was there for uh, half-hearted reasons. And I think churches are full of Christians who are okay with a half-hearted relationship with Jesus Christ because they are not telling Jesus no, they are just telling him later. And they're saying, I will, just not now. They let themselves off the hook. They don't feel convicted in their minds because they will follow, just not now. And I noticed Jesus' response. He didn't patronize this guy, did he? He didn't patronize this guy. He didn't cater to his request. He didn't, he didn't cater to his problems. He didn't. He said, let the dead bury their dead. Go and preach. And that's pretty much how Jesus feels about our excuses. In other words, he was saying this. Why don't you cross that bridge when you get there? Amen. Right. That's good. Go and preach. Remember when Peter asked Christ about John in John chapter 21? Right. Yeah. Jesus had said the same words to Peter at the end of his ministry that he did at the very beginning of his ministry. Almost the same exact scenario of getting Peter's attention at the end of his ministry as at the beginning of his ministry. Follow me. After Peter saw Christ perform a miracle and catching fish at the beginning of those three and a half years, Jesus said, follow me. Peter left his nets and followed him. And by the way, say what you will about Peter, but Peter followed Christ. I mean, he did. He followed him onto the water and he, he followed him into some, he put his foot in his mouth so many times, sure, but he followed him. He followed him to the Mount of Transfiguration. He followed him. I know he followed afar off when Christ was crucified. And, and there's something to be said about that for sure, uh, about following Christ afar off. I mean, uh, what a lesson there that that is. What a whole entirely different message. But, but he, I also noticed, though, that he still followed afar off. He did a little bit. And, and, and so I, I'm thankful for that because he was kind of hanging around for, because maybe the conviction of the Holy Spirit is kind of saying, I, like, like a guy at Bible college who knew God wanted him there but wasn't really willing to surrender fully to God's call in his life, but he's saying, look, this, I, I know I'm going to at least get something from God if I stay here. And eventually God got a hold of my heart. And Peter, while he denied Christ three times, and after, even after he made those mistakes and those choices, and he said, I'm going fishing, and Jesus, of course, intervenes in his life again, and Jesus says three times, do you love me? Lovest thou me more than these? Yes, you know I love you. Lovest thou me more than these? Yes. Follow me. Follow, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And then he told him, same two words that Peter heard three and a half years earlier. Follow me. First time it was follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He said this time, follow me. Then he asked Jesus about John. And Christ's response was this. What is that to thee? Why does that matter? What kind of an excuse is that? You follow me. Follow me. That's what he's saying. 
not that guy. And then we have in verse 61, we have the not there, the not now, and the verse 61, the not that guy. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my home and house. And Jesus said unto him, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. The wherever guy said not there, another guy said not now, and then we have this guy, not that. This guy addressed Jesus. Jesus didn't address him. He seems to want to follow. However, this guy must have missed the conversation Christ had with the first man because he used that word first again. He has some things he wants to take care of first. He wants to say bye to his family. And again, you think, yeah, come on, let, let him kiss his mom goodbye. I mean, you think about when Elijah came to Elisha and recruited him. Elisha went home, he said his goodbyes, he, he took his 12 yoke of oxen and, and, and killed them, probably had a barbecue with him and, 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 had a, and, and said goodbyes, said his farewells. But the difference there with Elisha was, was I'm leaving this behind. There is no looking back here. Um, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm burning the bridges. I'm getting rid of anything that might draw me back. And, and this guy is saying to Jesus, hey, just let me go home and, and say goodbye to my family. But that's not what it was. You say, how do you know that's not what it was? It sounds kind of cruel to way that Jesus responded. Well, the way Jesus responded was the way he responded because he's the most high God, because he knows all things, and he knew this man's heart. And even though this man might have sounded good in his excuse, let me go and say goodbye to my family, Jesus knew his heart. And by his response, you see what the guy's real problem was. Jesus never made a mistake in how he talked to people. And, 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 and this is not what that guy's problem was. The man was saying, give me time to go home. Some commentators would say that because of the culture in that day, it might have meant farewell parties, weeks of home time before departure. And so maybe Jesus didn't want to put up with that. But Jesus responds with an analogy of a man plowing a field. But instead of giving his full attention to the work, he looks back. He said, no man having put his hand uh, to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Really, Jesus knows where this man's heart was. It wasn't that following Jesus wasn't important to him. It was that following Jesus wasn't most important to him. It wasn't that he didn't think that doing something for the Lord wasn't important. It was that other things mattered more to him. And Jesus said, if you're going to put your hands to the plow, put your hands to the plow and look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, as you're running this race. But don't look back at these other things that are going to be a distraction to you. This man uh, said, hey, it's important to follow you, but this matters to me. This is important. I can't give this up. I can't give up these friends. You know how much money I'm making at this job? But, but, but my kids have soccer on, on Monday and, and, and extracurricular activities on Tuesday and, and, and then we're just tired on Wednesday and we just need to get some sleep. 
or, or, you know, my favorite show or whatever. Listen, I can't give this up. What's most important to you tonight? No, I know what you would say. They said the right things. What's most important to you tonight? When Brother Rocky pointed his finger at me, well, I don't know if it was at me. It felt like it was at me. Instead of a regular invitational song like I Surrender All or, you know, um, something like that, I have decided to follow Jesus. It was a quartet that got up there. I don't know. It might have been you, Brother Jason. I'm not sure. I have no idea. All I remember is the song, Just One More Soul. If just one more soul were to walk down the aisle, it would be worth every struggle. It would be worth every mile. And when, when that song was being sung and, and Brother Rocky called my name out and said, you come forward and, and surrender to God, you know, God called my name out. I said, I'll surrender all. Jesus kind of, I mean, the Lord just kind of, of course, I didn't hear it audibly, but what about that? What about that thing you're hiding? What about that thing behind your back? And the truth is there were many things. And many people will say, I will follow, and I will follow anything, and I will follow everything I have, I give to you. But Jesus says, what about that thing that, that no one knows about? For Samson, it was lust. For Saul, it was pride. For David, it was sin. For Nicodemus, it was, it was religion. For the rich young ruler, it was the stuff. For this man, it seemed to be his family that held him back. Jesus doesn't want a divided relationship. He says, if you're going to follow me, then follow me. Quit holding on to other things in your life. Listen, my wife, she moved back there because of uh, Josiah uh, is back there sleeping right now. But my wife, listen, she doesn't want a divided relationship. She doesn't want my attention given to somebody else. She wants my attention as her husband. And, and when God says, follow me, he wants all of me. And he doesn't want me to casually follow him. He wants me to step specifically where he is walking, where he tells me to step. And that's what he wants from you. So my question, listen, very simple message. I'm a simple preacher. I know I am. But very simple message tonight, very practical. Where are you not following him? Amen. What is it that you don't want to give up in order to follow him? And why not now? What reason can we give the most high holy God who sits on his throne, who gave his son to die on the cross for you. He gave you everything. What reason can you give him yes, sir. Good. to excuse not following him? Amen. Go ahead. Yes, sir. To excuse not surrendering to him. You know, Jesus isn't going to point at that thing that is easy for you to give up. He's going to point at that thing which matters most. Right. That's exactly right. If you won't surrender that, then it's the one thing that will take his place in your life. It's the one thing that will keep you from following him. And really what we're talking about here is idolatry. And when you're supposed to be following Jesus, when you're supposed to be following Jesus who is ahead of you, and you look back to something behind you, 
then that's what you're going to end up following. Levi, you know, I love him to death. He's, there's some things that he's learning now that maybe you might have learned earlier on. He's recently jumped on a zero-turn mower on the church property. He loves it, man. He loves it. The lines might be like this. They might be like this. And he looks back at me to see if I'm proud of him. So he's, and he goes like this, and you know, wrong direction. If you, when you learned, maybe some of you haven't learned to use zero turn, you learned to drive. Look way up ahead of you. You know, don't look at the line right in front of you. If you're looking at the line right in front of you, turning your car keys, look way up ahead. Right? Keep your eyes fixed ahead. If you look back, when you're supposed to be looking forward to Christ, you're going to go where you're looking. I can't follow Jesus if I'm looking at something. What, what is it? What is it? Listen. So let's just close with this. What is it that you're looking at? What is it that's got your attention? What is it that has you consumed? You might have thought you had both hands of the plow, but you keep looking back. The most common excuse that you and I have ever heard about following Jesus is, let me get my life in order first. And when Jesus gives this invitation to follow him, here's what's so great about him. He sends it to your current mailing address. And what I mean by that is this, right where you're at. Right where you're at. With all your mess, with all your sin, with all the problems going on in your life, maybe with your pride or, or whatever. Maybe God's been doing a great work and you've been progressing. He, and he's, he's just saying to you, follow me. Wherever you're at, whatever, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, he's saying, follow me. He's saying, follow me. But he said in that verse, and again, this isn't an expository message. He said in that verse, he said, Take up that cross. He said, if any man would follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus, take up my cross. I know the Bible and I know, I know how hard that was. You're the son of God and the agony and the pain and the, the emotional and the, and the physical abuse that you went through and the spiritual agony that and I'm supposed to take up a cross? Really? I'm supposed to be able to handle this tragedy. I'm supposed to be able to follow you. This is hard. These steps, they're too far. They're, they're too specific. I can't do this. Exactly, you can't do this. Jojo, come here, buddy. Come on, we're up here one more time. Come here. Don't run. Come here, buddy. So I mentioned earlier, I'm a little impatient. Sometimes. Not always. But when I have something I got to do, and I've got my kids, I'm thinking, how's my wife do this? And so I'm like, let's go. Come on. And, and, and I'm trying to hurry, and I'm not going to do it right now because he might start crying. But <laughs> I'm like, let's go. Let's go. 
So when we were walking through that snow, we didn't get all the way to the office that way. He's stepping, he's stepping, he's not making it. He fell down, his face hit the snow. And I mean, his face was red and he starts crying and, and he didn't like it. And I'm like, Come, you know, I didn't say, oh, you poor baby. I said, get up, let's go. <laughs> I'm a great dad. <clears throat> so what did he do? He wanted to follow dad. He wanted to be with dad. He loves going to my office. I have candy in my office. He doesn't really love me. And he loves going to my office. And so what did he do? He, 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 he got up and, and he just all of a sudden heard this, Daddy! I'm like, oh, turned around. And here he is like this. Reach up to me, bud. Reach up to me. How can you, how can you, look, how can you, come on. Why? All right. And so his desire is to follow me. He wants to follow me. He can't do it the way I do it. He can't step exactly where I step. And Jesus said in another passage of scripture, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Yes. He said, I am meek and lowly. And when we take the yoke of Christ, you know, when you're yoked up with Christ. <laughs> and if you have a, a big ox and a little ox, or you have a, I don't know, a big animal and a little animal, which one's doing the work? The big one. And Christ, when I'm yoked up with him, and I'm, I'm trying to walk where he wants me to walk and, and do what he wants me to do. And I'm trying to follow Christ. And, and if that's really truly my desire, I'm not making these excuses. I'm not saying, I'm not saying not there. I'm not saying not that. I'm not saying not then. I, I'm saying wherever, whenever, whatever you want me to do, I want to do it. But I can't. He said, come on. And he picks me up and he helps me along the way. He guides me. He, he, he takes me. and I, I, He carries my burden because his burden is light. His burden is light. It's nothing for him. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Go see mommy. Maybe you are one that says, I do want to follow Christ. You're not making excuses. I mean, he doesn't want you to be the not there, not now, not that guy. He wants you to be wherever, whenever, whatever. But you're saying it's not easy. No, not for you, but it is for him. And there's nothing better than following Christ. Listen, there has never been a time in your life where God was not good. There's never been a day in your life. There's never been a trial that you've gone through. There's never been a tragedy. There's never been a difficulty in your life where God was not good to you. Not one time. You're right. So will you follow him this evening? Every head bowed, every eye closed at this time, if you would. He comes to you where you are, but he wants to lead you to where he wants you to be. He wants to lead you now. He wants to lead you to do something. If you say not now, you can't follow. If you say not here, 
you can't follow. And if you say not that, you can't follow. But if you'll trust in the Lord with all your heart, he'll direct your paths. If you'll take to heart the promises of God, like Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. He has a plan for your life and he has a purpose. Will you respond to him this evening? God in heaven, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the power of your word. And uh, Lord, I pray that tonight... Your people, I don't know what the need is in here this evening. I don't know who needed that message. Lord, you do. Lord, if somebody is here tonight that doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, may you uh, continue to work on their heart and may they hear that call uh, of following you to salvation. Lord, maybe somebody is struggling with another area of their life and they're struggling to follow you. Maybe they've come up with excuses. Maybe it's just a challenge for them and they need to learn to rest on you. However it is that you're working on your hearts, Lord, I pray that you would continue to work as we respond to your word. I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.